Interested in starting your own podcast? Then Anchor is the right platform for you. When it comes to creating a podcast and editing and producing, Anchor has all the necessary tools for you to have a top-notch product. Anchor also distributes to your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They even give you the opportunity to make money like we are right now just by having them as a sponsor. The best part? It's completely free to download and use. Download Anchor in the App Store or on Google Play and get your podcast started today. Welcome to the Say Hey Podcast, a San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Say Hey Doug. Follow Rob at Say Hey Rob. Make sure you're following and subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when a new episode is released and available. And if you're interested in listening to our other episodes, our entire catalog is available on those platforms as well. Make sure you are joined on Giants Chatter on Facebook. We're up to 75 followers on there now. 75 members have joined, and uh, we're constantly talking on there every day. Uh, Going to be looking forward to the season. We'll discuss news, topics, game threads, maybe do some live post-game reactions. So uh, going to be some fun stuff. It is January 21st, 2021. And uh, Rob, how's it going? It's going pretty good. And you know, I can't... Uh... You know, stress that enough what you're saying about the uh, Facebook group. I mean, that's blowing up, you know. Please, everybody keep it up. You know, let's go. Boys, girls, you know, neutral, whatever you are, man. You know, get on that and get in there. Because once that season starts, that thing's going to be blowing up 300 comments a night. I can already see it. And we know how passionate fan, uh, the Giants fans get during games. And... You know, it's, it's really uh, eye-opening kind of seeing the – discussions and threads that in all these different groups because really i mean it's january what what'd you say 21st 21st who who, who knows anymore but (laughs) but yeah every day like i check my phone and boom 10 11 12 just notifications of just people commenting on just random stuff now and it's really eye-opening because you see it on twitter a lot but but I never realized up until recently how active these Facebook groups get. And yeah, really it's fun. It, it, it's exciting. That's how I feel too. I always thought it was all on Twitter and then kind of, you know, been told by a friend to start looking into Facebook groups and, and so did and wanted to do our own. And um, yeah, it's, it's starting to take off. It's cool meeting new people that share the same interests and we can uh, discuss giants on the daily so um, before we get started just want to remind you that the say hey podcast is sponsored by Mantega Bedquarters. whether you're located in the bay area or the central valley head out to Mantica and visit Mantega Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns and Foster Tempur-Pedic and other top brands Mantega Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories located on the corner of Maine and Yosemite in Mantica visit Mantega Bedquarters dot com for more details all right rob we've been uh, looking forward to doing this episode realistically for a couple weeks now um and felt this was the right time to uh 
get into it since we are literally what five weeks away from spring training starting games allegedly at, at, at least at the moment that's what the schedule's <laughs> saying uh i don't even think rob manfred knows what's going on um in his own sport that he runs so you're, you're who, rob lewis who <laughs> who knows but uh if all things go as planned we are yeah about five weeks away so it's coming up quick and uh i'm excited um but we wanted to get into this episode is going to be called in defense of Farhan. And, and I just want to point, I'm sure Rob can agree with this. When, when we say Farhan, that also includes Scott Harris. Cause Scott Harris is actually the general manager of the giants. Farhan Zaidi is the um, president of baseball operations, but uh, Harris who doesn't get as much, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say press time. You don't see his name as much as you do with Farhan. He does a lot of lucky for him. Yes. Uh, He does like a lot of scouting actually. um, And uh, is great at his job. And well, I mean, the main point of this episode is Rob and I are going to talk about why we think both of them are great at their jobs, because the purpose of this episode is because we've seen a lot of people, you know, both sides, they, they support and see what Farhan and Harris are doing. But I also see a lot on the other side of, um, you know, they're, they're getting impatient and they're not, they don't believe in what Farhan's doing. And this guy doesn't sign anybody to more than a year and blah, 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 and stuff like that. So, and you know what, I get it, but you know, we're, I'm saying this as a podcast and as a a couple of friends here, like we're on the side of supporting him and this is going to be our defense of him tonight. So um, did you have any thoughts before we get going, Rob? Well, you know, the Giants haven't won a World Series in six years, so you can understand why fans are getting impatient. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this sarcasm doesn't always translate over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I can see your face because we're on Zoom, but other than that, you know, y- your tone's got to deliver, man. We got, we got the voices for radio. You know what, man? I, I think this is going very well for Farhan and Scott Harris to do what they want to do. And that's to buy low, add up talent. They're going more with quantity, which is, which is good. You know, they like to have a lot of options. And right now, and maybe the only good thing about this pandemic is they really don't have to worry about putting butts in seats. They really don't have to, when they're signing guys and evaluating guys, I can guarantee you that the last thing they're thinking about right now are our names, well-known names. Well, you know, we got to put butts in seats. You know, we got to sell tickets. You know, we got to make more, you know, panda hats and, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Shit like that. That's not a factor right now. And I think for two, I won't call them nerds. Cause that's, you know, I don't know, but yeah, guys who are all about the stats, all about the analytical side of things and, you know, sabermetrics. I think this is like Christmas for them. I really do. Yeah. And it's a good point you bring up. These guys are very much into analytics and just going, going into deep details of why, like the purpose of who they go after, who they scout, who they actually sign. Um, So we're going to, you know, we're going to cover all that in the next 30, 40 minutes, whatever. So I, uh, I was telling Rob before we, we hopped on here. um, I over prepare for like everything. So I, I, I wrote a lot of notes, but I wanted to make sure that I have all my thoughts that go through my head in front of me so I don't forget anything. 
So that's why I overprepare. Um, so I'm going to start off and then I'm going to get Rob's thoughts on, on what I said and then his own thoughts on, on what we're doing. So we're both going to, you know, go in on this. So number one in defense of Farhan, let's start from a few years ago. Like when Farhan was with the Dodgers, he arrived after the 2014 season and the Dodgers already had a great roster and a pretty solid farm system. He was paired up with general manager, Andrew Friedman, who arrived during the 2014 postseason and who brought Zaidi on board from the Oakland A's after the season. But it's what they did in addition to already having a great roster and minor league system. He brought in guys like Max Muncy, who was a former A, who uh, Farhan was uh, an assistant general manager with the A's. So he got to see Max Muncy before that. So he kind of knew, and, and nobody at the time knew who the hell Max Muncy was, but Farhan did. So he brought him in. And guys like a Chris Taylor, who a lot of people don't know, but he's grown into a pretty damn good, solid baseball player. I really didn't um, know who Chris Taylor was. Exactly. And they brought him in for a bag of chips. Yeah. I knew uh, Max Muncy was, but not Chris Taylor. Yeah. But, but the average fan probably didn't know who Max right, Muncy right, was. You know, right. um, you could also argue a guy like Kike Hernandez, uh, who was part of the D Gordon trade to the Marlins. Uh, and I'm making these – comparisons because it sounds similar to the stories of bringing in guys like Mike Yastrzemski and a Donovan Solano who two years ago uh, Solano was a guy that was approaching his 30s who had been with who the Braves and the Marlins I believe and wasn't anything going for him Mike Yastrzemski was in the Orioles farm system never even got to see a major league pitch basically and, you know yeah approaching his 30s never had a sniff of the bigs and yeah, they took a flyer on him. That's all it was. Yeah, so basically I said these examples prove he sees talent that hasn't blossomed yet and goes and gets them while losing nothing. So this means he does his due diligence, which is an old Brian Sabian uh, <laughs> phrase that he used a lot. But yeah, I, and, and if you think about it in comparison, and this is just my one of many points that we're starting off on, but although they only played 60 games this last season, um, he made – him and Harris made several moves with a nothing roster and got them to go. They should have at least fit, finished 500 should have um, finished 29 and 31 and were eliminated from postseason action on the final day of the season. So it goes to show you that these guys can make something out of nothing. So you want to elaborate on that rough? Yeah, I, I agree with everything you, know, you just said, you know, you, you make some, some really good points. And kind of what I alluded to a little bit ago, they're more about bringing in more, more quantity and, you know, kind of breeding competition. That's kind of the way I see it. You know, when you're bringing in a bunch of mid-level guys who are all fighting for a roster spot and they were all kind of brought in under the, uh, the same uh, premise, I think that's what you get. I think you get a lot of guys, you know, kind of fighting for, for that next contract that, that next payday because you know before this last two years i mean where do you think mike mikey stripsky saw himself going and, and with the donovan, golf course yeah and with donovan solano probably back home wherever that is and just oh and a lot a lot of these guys and you, you can you can see it that all these guys are kind of coming in with a bit, bit of a chip on, on their shoulder because you know, they 
vaping cast offs. I want I don't want to call them. You know, it's not like 2010, like when they used the the whole band of misfits brand with like Huff and Burl and yeah. Ross and those guys. I don't want to talk. About, I mean, that's not the same thing because they'd all been in the league for a long time, making millions. And they, they were, were all, good players. They, they were, were already they, they were good players. Their credibility. Yeah. Yeah. These these are all guys who have been lost in other systems and kind of just put to the side, put on the shelf, and that's why when fans get upset over the the Drew Smiley signings of the world and the Alex Wood signings and they can't really see on the surface what it's gonna you know bring and it's not gonna mean that Drew Smiley who's already gone got hurt that sucked last year but well like with Alex Wood you know he's not part of the future like the main point for him is to come in here and do something productive, maybe stay healthy for eight, nine starts. And so they can flip them for, for some young talent. You know, that's, yeah. that's where, whether we want to like it or not, that's where the giants are at right now. You know, they are still rebuilding their farm system from a very, very poor 2015 to 2017, 2018 drafts. You know, let's, let's face it. And yeah, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not exciting sometimes, but I, I try not to put too much stock in, into that 60 game sample last year. Cause that's really, it, that's at the third of a normal season, you know, just about pretty much. Yeah. And, but seeing it all kind of come together on the field. Yeah. Even, even me and I, being the skeptic that I am most, most of the time, you know, I, you know, that was exciting. It was, it was kind of cool to see all that, all that come together and hell, they didn't even finish 500, 500 and, and look at, look at how juiced we are about, about this season. So I think at this point you, you kind of got to give them the benefit of the doubt when they're with the financial situation that they are, has been bestowed upon them from, from, from Bobby Evans and the previous re- regime, like, you got to let them kind of do their thing for an, an, another year. And next year, if they're, if they're not out signing guys and making moves, then you'll know that there, there might be a problem somewhere, whether it's with, you know, connecting with, with free agents or, or what scouting, whatever the case may be, because next year is going to be the year where they're going to have all this money to t- toss around and they won't have any excuse when it comes to signing free agents. Good points. Good points. The, the so, big ones. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I'm very vocal about that, about next off season and being aggressive. But um, my second point is they know how to draft. Okay. Um, during his tenure with LA, he drafted these names. 2015, Walker Bueller in the first round. He's, he's a top line pitcher now. Uh, 2016, Will Smith and Gavin Lux in the first round. But big leaguers. Here, here's here's the more important thing to me. In the third round in 2016, he gets Dustin May. Okay, third round, and then I, I believe it was the same year. In the ninth round, goes out and gets Tony Gonsolin, who who really kind of not a big time um, star or anything, but came in and started some games and came out of the pen for the Dodgers this last year in the world series run and, um, was really good. And he's, he's going to be part of their uh, pitching staff moving forward, I believe. So, 
Um, basically, it's saying yeah, Zaidi and Harris, they can scout, and they know where the talent is beyond just the first round. Again, to me, that means I, I may run this saying into the ground, but they're doing their due diligence. You know, they, they can get guys beyond the first round that you, may not be expected to be studs who are the guys that go early and are going to get the good signing bonuses, whether they're out of high school, international, out of college. Um, so they know how to draft, and that's important. And my next point, we'll get to that, but do you have any quick thoughts real quick on, on drafting? You could talk about maybe the last couple of years with the Giants or? Now, you know, I think they've, uh, they put a premium on build, building up uh, some young bats, you know, with Iron Bishop and, and all, all these young guys, you know, coming up. Like, I think they know, at least for, for now, as, as long as the narrative is the, the way it is, they're going to develop their own bats because, you know, the Giants have never really had success of signing, you know, big-time bats. You know, we always yeah. hope, and they're always linked. And we remember Bryce Harper and, you know, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, the list goes on about names that they've been connected to over the years and couldn't bring them in. And I think that just goes, goes, goes to show that if they're going to be su- successful – they know they're going to have to develop their own sticks. I think pitching is always going to be there with the Giants. You know, people people want want one one throw in in San Francisco, and that's that's kind of always been the case. But but the thing that's that's has stuck out to me is how active they've, and I'm sure you're going to talk about this soon. But is how active you know they've been in the international pool already with signing players i mean they signed 34 guys last week 34 yeah. 34 no, and what one one guy i think uh, diego Velasquez was like 16th on espn's top like 30 yeah and other than him i mean it was all just just guys but i i'm pretty sure they they, they signed more dudes than any other team and if you if you track back back in 2018 they signed four guys in the international signing pool that year, four guys. So it's just, it's different now. Like they are bringing in more, more competition, you know, they're, they're, and these are guys you're not going to, you're not going to see for four or five years. You know, these are 16, 17 year old kids. You, you got to think though, too, the point of and we'll move on real quick, but the point of all these international signings, like you just brought up last week is, their mindset, I mean, and, and trust me, we're, we're not experts. We just sit at home and, and watch the games and follow the Giants year-round. But the, the thing to me I would think is they're going to sign so many guys that are 16, 17, 18 years, ago, years old that are like, hey, if we get one or two of these guys to pan out and maybe they're above average major leaguers and maybe one ends up being an out-of-nowhere star, then who knows? That you know, I, I think that's the point of – Let's just go sign a shit ton of international guys who I'm sure they've been scouting already and, and, and know enough about them to want to offer them a contract of some sort. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point about all the international signings they had last week. Speaking of that, have you seen some of those videos that, that get uh, sent out from those uh, players? I mean, it's like dudes throwing in a freaking backyard somewhere. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy, but hey, kids got to work with what they got. And yeah, so and good, good for them getting their name out there and, and getting the San Francisco Giants to look at them, you know? 
yeah, it's it's really it, it's some in, inspiring shit to say the least. You know, it really good, is good 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 examples. Filming on those androids and stuff, and <laughs> here here they are, man, throwing throwing balls up against a fence, and now they're part of a big legal organization. You know, it's some, yeah, it's some cool shit. Good for them, the American dream, man, the American dream. Okay. Um, next point. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie. I I usually talk off the top of my head. I have these like word for word because I like I said before we started. I can I tell. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. So here's my third point. He's rebuilt the Giants' farm system from one of the worst to one of the best. When Zaidi took over in 2018, the Giants ranked 24th in minor league rankings according to Bleacher Report. As of now, as of now, I thought it was like 28 or 29. Yeah, I'm surprised it was that high. But again, these are you know diff- different rankings, different baseball organizations. I I went with Bleacher Report on this because it's okay. not a baseball organization, so I want to do a little something different. So, okay. as of now, San Francisco is ranked sixth in minor league rankings. This has been strict done strictly through the draft. In 2019, Zaidi drafted Hunter Bishop in the first round, and in 2020, Patrick Bailey also in the first round. They know how they both. They now both rank in the top 10 prospects for San Francisco already to credit Bobby Evans. I will give him credit with this. Many of the top prospects in the organization were due to him, you know, like uh, Luciano Ramos, Bart, um, but Zaidi has kept pretty much any significant name prospect within the program. He has not dealt anybody to go get a, a star obviously, or even, you know, an everyday player or a, a good reliever for the bullpen yeah, he hasn't totally gutted, you know, Bobby's farm yet. So no, his his farm system and his prospects have pretty much stayed in place, and I that's impressive to me, and I think that's huge moving forward. So, um, talk talk about the Giants' farm system real quick. Oh man, I because I mean I think it'd be cool because although you know it didn't get really to do anything last year, but Rob's been going to a lot of San Jose Giants games through the years, even though they're not a, our oh, high gosh. A team anymore, but. Yeah, but they're yeah, always out here playing the ports. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've been – they've been really high up there. I mean, San Jose in, in, in particular, uh, every, every year, you know, they, they're, 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 they're putting out, you know, good, good, you know, top teams in the PCL. And then you, you, you kind of see them get stuck in like Richmond and Sacramento and but that's kind of that was the deal with you know under Evans and, and Sabian you know got guys didn't move up as fast and if you and if you've no, noticed th- th- these last two years under Faron I mean he's, he's been pulling guys up you know out of at the drop of a hat you know so it, it's at a different uh it's at a different speed now at, you know, com- compared to to what it was a few years ago, you know, the the pitching isn't isn't quite quite there yet. You know, in the system, I think that's the one thing's holding back. You know, hopefully we'll get to see Sean Jelly th- 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 this year. I don't know how much more he can re- he can really really do in the, in the minors, but the Giants are kind of they're they're right handed heavy right now. So what are you gonna do? But I think I think we're we're you know we're, we're still still waiting on on Hunter Bishop. And Elliot Ramos, Ramos is probably a little a little closer than uh, than Bishop at the moment. 
but he's he's had a, a lot of hamstring issues. Any any I was at I was at a game two years ago where he broke his foot. That sucked. But oh yeah, yeah, it was it was awful. He, he was stealing third, but he's probably gonna be their their everyday leadoff guy here probably in, in in a year or so. I don't I don't think they're gonna keep Yastrzemski there. For, for the long haul, I mean, you, you want a guy with with a little speed, and well, you strength you'll be hitting third every day pretty soon. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, he, yeah he will. <laughs> so that that's that's going to change. But you, you you talked about uh, Luciano. He you know he's the guy that that doesn't get talked about enough in, in my opinion. And they're just kind of waiting on Crawford's contract to uh to uh, get out because they're they're not going to be able to keep him down much longer i i don't think but well marco luciano who's only 19 um that 6'2 178 build along the lines of we talked about it he's got that correa kind of trevor story build at okay. shortstop and um he's like i say he's only 19 he just came in ranked number 12 in baseball america's top prospects rankings so he, that's exciting yeah that's very exciting and i think the biggest questioner right now and the, and the the guy everybody likes to talk about is is Joey Bart and what's going to happen with him after they drafted Patrick Bailey, and me and you included. I mean, right when it happened, we're like, "What the hell? They took another they took another catcher in the first round. What what the hell's going on here?" And so we started thinking, "Well, what's that mean for Bart? What's that mean for Bart?" And sure as shit, they call it Bart way ahead of schedule last year, and that kind of answered that question. They're like, "Okay, well, they think they obviously think he, he can play a little bit. I mean, or." Or other than that, they're really desperate, and they were really desperate at the same time, I believe, last year. But yeah, if it's a normal season, I mean, we're not seeing him in you know no. uh, game game twenty twenty five. He's he's probably a September call up, or you don't see him at all. Yeah. So, but and that also just just goes to show you that Farhan and Scott Harris they they put a premium on total value in a player. They don't draft for need; they draft for value and what's in front of them and not not reaching just just because they need specific specific areas i think two years ago and you can correct me if i'm wrong i don't think they took a pitcher until like the 12th round yeah i do remember i it was like 11 hitters it was at least the first 10 rounds i remember because we talked about it they took they took position players yeah and that was and i think that was farhan's first draft and that was it was that was them making a statement right there. Like, okay, we can't hit and, uh, you know, we're going to do this ourselves because it, nobody's coming. Well, and I've <laughs> been very vocal about since, even since Evans was still here, I think I, I've been saying this since 2017 where, um, you know, the, the Giants need to home grow and draft their, their own bats. And that can lead to, you know, worry about signing free agents and trading for arms. And, um, and Farhan has done that exactly because he's been drafting, you know, draft heavy on everyday players the last two years he's done it. So, um, yeah, it's a good point on that too. So, uh, fourth reason for me, we'll keep moving on here. Uh, in addition to these reasons, he's also brought in, I can call him a utility player now, uh, Mauricio Dubon for uh, Drew Pomerantz. Alex Dickerson for Franklin Van Gerp. Remember that game? Yes. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Gosman for only $9 million last year, who had a great year and re-signed for 
twice as much with the qualifying offer. He added hope to an up-and-down bullpen from last year by signing Matt Whistler, who's coming off a career season, and John Brevia, a 26-year-old coming off a Tom, Tommy John surgery, but has shown great stuff prior to be, being injured. Um, so a lot of people say that he's not really aggressive. Now, this is where I'll strongly disagree because just because he's not making big-name um, acquisitions doesn't mean he's not aggressive because – uh, like I said, he brought in Dubon, who is now – I've been saying going forward, I think this year he's going to be a breakout. I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but he's going to have a great year this year, I think. And then you go and get who I think is going to be the opening day starter this year with Kevin Gosman um, and a guy like Alex Dickerson, who I don't know if I agree with MLB Network having him like rank seven as a left fielder, but um, – No, nah, they're tripping. When Alex Dickerson is healthy – I, I'm not crazy about him in the outfield, but I love when he's up, especially against righties. The dude can hit and hit for power. Uh, so, and then bringing in like Whistler and Brebbia, adding to a bullpen, and you get a Maranta back this year. I really think the Giants bullpen is going to be a huge surprise this year. I think they're going to be good. Um, so, basically, my point is Farhan, is Farhan and Harris have made, I believe, the most signings this year, which people don't talk about. They've made the most signings and they've spent like the fourth most amount of money, even though it doesn't seem like a lot. It's just been a weird offseason for everybody. But don't get it twisted. They've been aggressive. They're, they're making moves. And, and just like you said, you know, it, it's not they're, – they're not jumping off the page. You know, we can all admit that. But, you know, you don't really have to do that, you know, in, in baseball. Like, this isn't the NBA where one guy is going to come in and just take over – you know, your, your franchise, you know, it doesn't work that way. You know, I, again, like, I think he's doing a great job at breeding competition. Like we don't know who the, who the hell the closer is going to be this year. And it, to be quite honest, it's probably not a top prior, priority because he doesn't expect them to, you know, compete for a championship this year. No, you know, and that's why they're not going to go out and make a, a, a crazy signing, you know, like they did back in oh three or oh four or whatever year that was when they got Benitez Armando Benitez yeah, yeah then Melan- same with, with Melanson like you're not gonna see that from these guys no. you know they, they don't they don't have to and they quite frankly they shouldn't you shouldn't spend that money on a closer anyway I think that's been proven but you know, I, I like it you know you know Bravia you know he's what'd you say he's, he's only 20 like 26 right yeah he's young uh, He's young. Yeah, he's come off Tommy John, but man, people get Tommy John like they go to the dentist these days. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I swear, it's the truth, you know, and I mean, you got outfielders having Tommy, Tommy John now, you know, you got Nick Mullins in the NFLs having Tommy John right now. Like, you just got a bunch of crazy stuff now. And I think you're going to have your injuries with guys, with guys like Dickerson, you know, I, I'm with you. I like him too, but you can almost count on him missing 40 games. You know, you just probably, yeah, you probably, yeah. So that does bring hope to the, to the people who want to see Ramos or, or, or Bishop sooner rather, rather than later. But yeah, like you, you, you could still see a guy like Tommy Listella come in. Like we talked about a few weeks ago. You know, it's one of those utility guys, but yeah, like you're, you're just not gonna, you know, and what we talked about, Ozuna, like that's probably not going to happen. 
even though it did get some real traction today, it I is. guess one of the MLB.com writers is saying that he thinks – and that's that's one of Robbie's wants. I mean, I would love Marcelo's own too. And I said that's probably the one free agent big name that, like, I, I dish out money to this offseason. Otherwise, I don't really want anybody else that's, a you know, a huge name. Right, right. But 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 main back to your main point though is yeah Dickerson's a guy that's probably going to miss some time so in, in Ozuna's he a just left is. fielder he always and, does yeah and so uh, and I I'll tell you what if if there's a DH universally again at least for this year or moving forward um, Marcelo Ozuna would be a huge you know get because he can he could just DH because he's not great in the outfield but dude can hit he's one no. of the better hitters in the in the game but. You know, we'll we'll get back on track here because we kind of went off tangent there. But um, I got two more main points. Um, my fifth point, I said, uh, Zaidi seems to be hesitant on bringing in big name free agents until next off season. At least we're hoping. Uh, when longtime Giants contra- with log, I- let me start that over again because that sucked. When long time. When longtime Giants with large contracts like Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, and Johnny Cueto, who does have a club option for next year, but doubt that gets picked and up. And Evan Longoria, can't forget him. Evan Longoria too, yes. But I think he's on. The, I think he's through. I think he's gonna. He's back next year for sure. Anyways, dude. Yeah, so. no, he, yeah, he is. He is. Um, but they'll likely be out the books. And this will set up nicely and give San Francisco financial flexibility to be aggressive in a 2022 free agent class that has several big name targets, especially pitchers, which we've discussed prior. Um, and, and those needs will be, uh, have to be addressed by the giants. So um, talk about the big contracts that will be off the books. Like we just said, after this upcoming 2021 season and is, is Farhan doing what we're thinking? And, and that's, that's wait until next year to make a big grab. Oh, he's completely doing that and that's what he should do like we talked about earlier you know when you're saddled with contracts like this you know you don't really have any option like ownership isn't gonna allow him to bench guys like Crawford and Longoria no matter how how bad they're doing you know and that's just that's just the way, the way it is and teams get get gets get stuck in that i mean look at look at joey Votto, you know in, in cincinnati i mean he went three years there where he lost all of his power and, he, and he's making and he was making more money than any first baseman there for a while and then last year it, suddenly he came back so i mean good for him but my uncle's a big reds fan and i had to hear about joey Votto's contracts <laughs> for oh my god for four or five years and how it was <laughs> it, it was it was the worst contract of all time but yet he was out there every day and that's just, you know, as fans, you know, people like you and me who are always l- looking at the next step and, you know, okay, these guys are done. What's, what's next? You know, we just kind of got to deal with that. But you know, as well as I do, there, there are fans out there where the only reason they turn on the Giants is to watch Brandon Belt or Buster Posey or Brandon Crawford. And as much as we not we might not be like that, you know, they are they are part of the fan base and they are part of what, you know, g- generates m- m- money for this franchise when things get back to normal. But you just kind of you got you got to play it out. And if if we're lucky, you know, he can 
Farhan Harris, you know, they can pull a Jedi mind trick like they did on the Braves with Melanson's contract and maybe get one of these guys out of here this year. But that's a, I mean, that was such a miracle when it happened a few years ago. I don't see it happening again, but yeah. So we're just going to have to kind of deal with it. And it's, it's not his fault, but you know, it's the reality of the situation, unfortunately. Okay. Last point. Um, and finally, and maybe most important fans need to trust in this process. And I hate, I hate the trust the process phrase, but why I really, I re- well, because the 76ers ran it into the ground, <laughs> but, but I really, but here's the thing. I, I really, I really believe it is, um, fitting for what Zaidi and Harris are trying to do. We had our recent episode of paying the Piper. The giants are recovering from winning three world series championships. Yes, some recovering. Yes, <laughs> quotes. Going on six years. Uh, yes, some franchises recover quicker, and it's not an excuse whatsoever, but it happens. Also, and this is what I want to drive home: many fans that are quick to criticize Farhan's Farhan's patient approach to rebuilding the Giants become fan. A lot of them became fans during the World Series run, so they were born into success. Okay, and I, I, I and. I don't mean that rudely, and that's fine. I, I joke a lot about 2010 fans that only jumped on the bandwagon because they were winning, but in reality, many fans in many sports are bandwagon fans, and that's 100% fine, seriously. But their expectations and standards only reflect the dynasty run. The future is bright, and it won't take too long, but trust in Farhan. That's like my closing thought. But okay. just to sum that point up is, you know, uh, uh, I, I – can't imagine the hundreds of thousands, maybe over a million new Giants fans in the last, we'll say 15 years. Um, you know, it, they, they got to see the end of the great playing era of Barry Bonds. And right after that, boom, they were blessed with Tim Lincecum and Buster Posey and Pablo Sandoval and Madison Bumgarner. And then boom, 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 World Series, World Series, World Series. And so it's like, this is fun, you know? And so – 2015 and 16 where 16 they were good but the really 17 18 19 and 20 these last four seasons where they've struggled they flat it's really what's that they they flatlined you know that's, yeah that's the best and, way to put it but yeah i mean give, give me your thoughts real quick on on maybe fans expectations and in kind of rushing the quote-unquote process sure like we we're just talking about those are the fans who like you, you, you know, you say the bandwagon fans, and that's what they are. But you know, you only generate fans through success. I mean, there are very, very few people out there who, who are like, oh yeah, I was born and raised a, you know, a New England Patriots fan. Yeah, shut the fuck up. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you know what? They're probably not fans anymore. So <laughs> right, now they're right, all right. Bucks fans. Y- yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah. So I mean. A, big a big chunk of, of fans you know come through to a, a team's success you know if 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 the bills win the super bowl this year i mean you're gonna see a lot more bills fans out, out of nowhere that's just the reality of it but but yeah like the the 2010 fans who fell in love with and the first players that they that they knew were guys like buster posey and mass and bumgarner you know of course they're gonna be a little more antsy about okay when the hell is this team going to be good again and why didn't we resign Madison Bumgarner well you know he's past his prime well yeah he was my favorite player 
and he was the reason you know i watched every fifth day and or whatever whatever the, the reason might be or or the reason they didn't watch last year old buster posey didn't play I, I guarantee you there there were there were people like that and so it's just it's if it if it's all you know and it's all you're and it's all you're accustomed to you're you're gonna be frustrated when the team doesn't compete and it, and if, if it seems like they're not making the proper moves or to compete or throwing big old contracts at at, at players you're gonna get frustrated and you just have to hope that as time goes along they just kind of start to understand that what happened in 2010, 2012, and 2014. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen hardly ever in, in baseball, especially in baseball. Like in, in basketball, yeah, you got your dynasties. In football, you, you get your dynasties every now and then. But in baseball, you just don't see it anymore. I mean, uh, you know, before the Giants, it was, it was the Yankees. And before that, what, the, the A's in the 80s? Like, what, what are we even talking about here? 70s? Yeah, yeah I mean – it just does. It just doesn't happen, and you know, you just got you just got to hope that they can, you know, appreciate the the efforts that's coming from these no name guys who are really just trying to make their big splash in the league. You know, the way Marcus Gudro and Cody Ross and Angel Pagan did. You know, when they came in on little trades and little contracts you know and then all of a sudden become legends and but it doesn't happen overnight and right now this team is just you know saddled down with too many hefty contracts to be real to be real players like i don't know about you but you know if they go 500 this year i mean that's a huge success that's amazing to me if they could somehow pull that off and yeah, and that won't be enough for, for some people. And, you know, that's just the way it is. But, you know, we all got different expectations. We're all different. Basically what we're saying, respectfully, of yeah. course, because we love you all, uh, but branch out and be open-minded. And what I mean by that is, and trust me, it's okay to have, you know, favorite players or whatever. Just don't fall in love. And and we, Rob and I have been saying that for years. It doesn't even matter what sport it is. Don't fall in love. Be be loyal to the team. Okay, and and you're gonna go through your ups and downs, and um, you know that's that's the beauty of the sport. And and Rob and I have been fans since I would say maybe around the same time. What ninety five, ninety six. So we're going on twenty six, twenty seven seasons as Giants fans, and um. You know, we said as little kids growing up, uh, we'd be we'd be super jazzed if the Giants just won World Series in our lifetime, just one. And um, we thought 2002 was going to be it, but um, thanks, Dusty Baker. Uh, but you know, t- uh, 10, 12, and 14, like 2010, it was like, dude, the weight's off our shoulders as fans, obviously. And it was like, I'm good with this. We did it. And then 12 and 14, it's like, dude, we are beyond spoiled. And so we're content with that. We're spoiled. And so it's like, that's why we've been super patient through this rebuild. And honestly, we're buying into the trajectory of this, this franchise. And, you know, we're super excited moving forward. Um, even if, if we don't think this is a year where they compete, I am still super excited as a San Francisco Giants fan for the future. Cause I think it's definitely heading in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I think it is too. And for all, all the fans that, 
you know, want to see it happen now. I, I want to see it happen now too. You know, me and me and Doug both do. But it's like Herm Edwards always says, you know, you play to win the game. You know, and that's that's what they're going to do every day. And uh, hello, think, yeah, hello. You play <laughs> to win the game. I think what we saw last year in the shortened season, which you're not going to see this year is, you know, they were able to almost treat every game like, like it was a playoff game. You know, there was, it was only, it's a 60 game sprint. So they were able to use a lot of arms every day and not have to worry about, you know, know, taxing out, out arms. And I think that gets overlooked when we talk about this coming year, they're not going to be able to do that this year. And as much as we got on Gabe Kapler last year for his bullpen blunders, and he had plenty, I don't think you're going to see as much frequent, you know, moves and bullpen activity that that you saw last year. So hopefully he'll be able to ease into that a little bit more, and it's not going to be do or die every night because when you're playing 162, it's just not every game is is do or, is do or die, and but. If you're like me and Doug, you are going to live and die with every game. So, no matter what, well, it, it, we'll be pissed after losses. We'll be happy after wins. But, <laughs> but you, you, you got to keep things in perspective. You really I'll wrap it. I'll wrap this up because we're going a little long. But this is why this is why I write stuff down so I don't forget. Because you said exactly what I wanted to say, and that was, I really one even though they didn't even make the playoffs this last year with the sixty game season and the the unexpectedness, if that even makes sense. Um, going into it uh it was a great it, I, it was one of the most fun teams i've i've gotten to watch in a long time because yes every game was urgent and it was a 60 game sprint not a uh, a journey or a marathon as they say for 162 marty so. Laurie. <sighs> we're talking baseball, baseball the giants by the bay i can't stand marty larry anyways uh <laughs> long long season but see, yes see how I, it plays out I, I really enjoyed um, the Giants this last season. Okay, moving on to conclusion here. Um, so we we started a what's called a new segment. It's a say hey Q and A, and so basically um, we're gonna post in Giants Chatter. Make sure you're on that group on Facebook. Um, every couple of weeks we're gonna do a say hey Q and A where um, we have you guys ask us questions and we we'll answer them. Again, we're not experts. These are just our fan opinions. So. Uh, you ready to take a couple questions? We got three of them here. Yes. All right, let's do it. First one is from Chris. Um, What's up, Chris? He wants uh, uh, he wants predictions for the Giants' record this season. Now, I'm I'm gonna say this: it's too early, but we will do a preview episode where obviously we give our full predictions, what we think is gonna happen. Because um, I I think Rob and I are in the same boat where they're not done. Um, signing dudes so we don't even have the roster that we're probably going to see opening day so (laughs) we're going to hold off on giving actual predictions until um probably the week leading up to the season opener i mean can you agree with that yeah i mean i was as of right now i don't see them clearing 74 wins you know that would that would be really really nice if they get around 73 74 but you hey you never know like they make a few few moves come here and make a couple significant moves that 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 pan out. I th- I think five hundred. I think it's on the board. 
I but they're uh, they're a mover or, or or two away. I'm gonna give this as a little tease. I don't want to get too specific, uh, but I think that they have a worse record than the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> So there's mine. Anyways, Buddha, uh, Chris, thank yeah, you for whatever. the question. Chris, thank you for the question. We will gladly answer it, though, when we get to our season preview. Um, next one is from Eric. Different Eric. Eric. Not, our, not, our cl- not our close, close buddy, Eric, but this is from a, a new friend, Eric, that we met in uh, Giants Chatter. Eric says, uh, can Farhan and Gabe, meaning Gabe Kapler, the Giants, uh, Gabe Kapler, the manager of the Giants, compete with the big boys in San Diego and L.A.? Do the Giants need expanded playoffs to make the field? Uh, you want to take this one first? Yes. They Go need ahead. Super duper extra expanded as far as you can go if they want to get in the playoffs this year. And, man, I think – and this is this is going to fool people because they are going to play San Diego, San Diego and the Dodgers tough. That's their, their division opponents – they always do. So those games, I can't wait for those games because those that that that's the stuff that's gonna get everybody watching. You know, the the national media watching because I mean, you can't go, you know, two sentences in a in a baseball article right now and not read about the Padres and the Dodgers. You know, and rightfully so. Padres making moves, Dodgers are the they're the champs. As much as we hate that, yeah, but. Yeah, the Giants. I think I think that they'll they'll play them tough, you know, straight up and, and individually. And but over one sixty two, yeah, unless something really crazy happens, I I don't think they can hang within ten to twelve games of those guys. I just don't see it. I'll say this. I mean, I think I I know. And I was trying to bring up the schedule real quick because there actually is a schedule out, and hopefully they're able to play the full one sixty two. But yeah. Um. I believe they play each division opponent, what, 18 times in a regular 162, correct? Usually, yeah. So you're going to play the Dodgers and the Padres 36 times. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's tough, man, because those dudes are – they're not only loaded in, in, in the lineups, but especially you want to talk about the Padres having an offseason. That bullpen – or that, that starting staff now is just – it's up there, man. It's up there with the top, so – it's going to be really tough uh, competing against it. Do, do I think they compete with them? They'll win a few games of those, yeah, but they're not, they're not there yet with the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, and to the second part of your question about expanded playoffs, uh, I'm with Rob. I mean, yeah, they'll need super-duper expanded playoffs and a miracle from, from God uh, if they want to get in. But, I don't want, again, I don't want to get, like, way too far into predictions because I want to – Save that for a see who a they sign. Yep. So let's field a team. We'll see. So Eric, thank you for the question. Um, this next one's from Alexander. Okay, Johnny Cueto, the return of Tyler Beatty, and trade predictions at the deadline. Man, you guys are like asking questions that are like for a little later on. But uh, Tyler Beatty's the forgotten man. I love it. I'll I'll start with this one, Johnny Cueto. Um, last year, well. Could be last year of his contract, probably is. He does have a club option for 2022. Um, I've always been a fan of Johnny Cueto. I'll say this. Uh, even when, when he was with the Reds, even though I hate the entire state of Ohio, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Cueto's, he's, he's, he hasn't lived up to his contract, obviously. I know he had Tommy John, um, what, before last season. Yes. Uh, 
He's I, I don't think he's going to be our opening day starter this year. I said that today publicly. I think it's going to be Kevin Gosman who starts opening day. Cueto will probably be the two guy. Um, I expect him to pitch above average because I think Zaidi and Harris are going to do everything they can to flip him in July and go get, you know, give him to a contender for maybe a, a, a couple of prospects, maybe – a, a, a mid-level to above-average prospect uh, in return, and, and then a couple more. But um, I, my thoughts on Johnny Cueto: I don't see him finishing the season in San Francisco. Um, Tyler Beatty, you know, he's a huge wild card um, to me. I, I don't know what to expect. I, I think, although the the they do have enough for starting rotation right now, um, I think that. Uh, they should bring in one more lefty starter. Um, and yeah, Tyler Beatty's kind of the odd man out. Um, but he's a guy that could start. He could get some spot starts if he needs to. He could come out of the bullpen. So regarding Tyler Beatty, I'm really, really looking forward to what he does in the spring. Um, another guy coming yeah. off of uh, surgery. And, and so we'll see how his arm looks and how he's throwing. Um, and yeah, trade predictions at the deadline. I just gave you my Cueto one. I think he's gone before the deadline. Um, I'll get back to you on that one, Alexander, because it's a little early, and I, I kind of want to see where this team is, um, not just in the spring, but maybe give me a month, <laughs> maybe give me April, and then we'll start talking trade deadlines. So, Rob, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good question, Alex. Uh, I think uh, – I think – if I remember right, man, I had Cueto as good as gone last year. Like I was convinced. I think we both kind of did. I I was convinced, but then he, you know, then he goes out and I mean, damn, he almost threw two no hitters, you know, in, in in his first like six starts. I mean, if uh, or hell, perfect game if Hunter Pence doesn't drop that ball in Los field. Angeles, yeah. Mm -hmm. So and then you put that with the fact that the Giants were somehow competitive last year. I they just couldn't trade him. I just they it didn't make sense. I, you know, it, you know, for, for their current situation, but yeah, I don't see, I don't see how he gets through this year, you know, still a giant. I think if he pitches somewhat decent, you know, the, the Yankees, the, the, the Braves, what one of those teams, the A's, they could really use his services, you know, you know, down, down the stretch a lot more than, than the giants can. I mean, I mean, maybe not, maybe the giants kick ass and, you know, they ain't trained nobody, but you know, we'll see. Like, like Doug said, you, you got to give it a, a month or two before we start making true, true trade predictions. And Tyler Beatty, he's going to get shot, you know, because they have no ties to him, I believe after this year. And so they have nothing to lose. There's the, they'll, they'll use him out of the pen. I'm sure like that. And he'll get some starts, but if it doesn't pan out, you know, they just, they just move on. And, and then Beatty can, can move on and maybe could go, go try the uh, KBO league in, in Korea because <laughs> he, he has not, he has not panned out well here. And I don't want to call him a bus cause he's, cause he's, he's had injuries, but he really needs to find some, some sort of a niche in the league or else he's going to find himself out of it. Unfortunately. Yes, sir. Uh, so, hey, Chris, Eric, and Alexander, thank you guys for your questions. Um, 
if you're listening to this for the first time or the 16th time, because this is our 16th episode, uh, and you want to be on the next Say Hey Q&A, we'll post it in Giants Chatter. Post your questions on there. We won't answer them there, obviously. We're going to answer them here on the podcast. But um, be on the lookout for that. Make sure, again, you are joined on Giants Chatter on Facebook. Just type it in your search bar. Um, hit that you'd like to join, and you'll get approved right away. Robin and I and uh, our buddy Chris on there uh, are approving people. So um, get on there. Get involved. Uh, really excited to get this out. If you have any thoughts or comments or concerns <laughs> on um the farhan and scott harris episode that we just did feel free to let us know and uh we'll get back to you on it so thanks for joining us on the say hey podcast uh for say hey doug and say hey rob Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.